Welcome to the Unicorn Entrepreneur, the podcast that teaches women entrepreneurs how to create a business that earns more money. I'm Felicia Allison Bunbury Brown, attorney, wife, French bulldog mom, beach bum, and owner of a multiple six figure business. And I'm excited to teach you how to become a unicorn entrepreneur. This podcast is for you if you have a business or want to start a business and want to learn the tricks and tools to get your first client, your first six figures, and so much more than that. If you want more money and more satisfaction, you're in the right place. Pull up your seat. Let's go get them, unicorns. Welcome, guys. Welcome to another episode, guys. Oh, I missed you guys. I'm Felicia Allison Bunbury of FeliciaAllisonBunbury.com. Welcome to another episode of The Unicorn Entrepreneur. And I'm very excited, delighted, elated about today's topic. We're going to be talking about happiness. And I love this topic because I know that most people, if not all people, are on a quest for fulfillment, satisfaction, contentment, happiness, you know, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And I don't think that we actually objectively look at it, dissect it, analyze it, and have actual tangible goals and daily practices necessarily that we're conscious and intentional about in order to successfully accomplish happiness, right? If you're new, welcome. We are a community of women entrepreneurs who rebel against the status quo and dare to create the businesses and the lives of our dreams. Now, I am Felicia Bunbury, as I said before, and I teach six tenants or principles to help my unicorn friends reach their goals. If you want to learn more about the six tenants, then go to FeliciaAllisonBenbury.com. On today's episode, we're deep diving into happiness and all that jazz. Now, the biggest joy snatcher uh, from having a big, juicy life, a unicorn life, is being good, being fine, being okay, being in that default mode. And that default mode is keeping a lot of us away from that unicorn magical place. Now, there's no place without problems. <laughs> there's no place without, you know, unfortunate events and sadness and things like that. But notwithstanding all the life stuff that happens, sickness, loss of job, issues with relationships, chemical imbalances, et cetera, the world around us going into complete, you know, decay and chaos and war and pandemonia, how we think about those things, all right, as controlling our controllables, we can still have joy, contentment, happiness, even as bad, good, in-between things happen. And that's really what we're talking about today. The real challenge is finding joy in the small things. I have a question for you guys, and I truly would like you to think about it. What is your happiness practice? People always talk about fitness journey. People always talk about financial goals. 
People always talk about goals within a marriage or a relationship. We have New Year's resolutions, et cetera. Do you have a practice? Do you have certain rules, certain things that you do? Do you analyze the activities that you partake in and whether they bring you joy or not? Do you fill your world more with the things that bring you joy and happiness and contentment and delight and curiosity and satisfaction and pleasure? Or are you just kind of letting life happen to you, blowing in the wind and in default mode? Most people probably are in default mode. We have a depression, anxiety problem. Our generation, the millennials, are more depressed than the previous generation. Studies have shown that People are on more antidepressants than ever before. Millennials are having less sex than ever before. There's more financial burden because of the student loans and all of that than ever before. So all of these things sort of marry and make it an environment that is hard if you're not intentional to be happy, to be joyful, to be full. Now, most people don't spend time thinking about their happiness or what that looks like. If you don't pay attention to it, if you're not intentional, if you don't articulate what it looks like for you, then it will never happen. Then you're in default, as just discussed. Now, being an entrepreneur is extremely stressful. I run two businesses. I'm newly married. I have to do the laundry and cook and exercise. And then, you know, dealing with real life, dealing with the bad diagnoses from my grandma, dealing with death, dealing with, you know, a pandemic that stopped <laughs> financial um, growth of businesses, including mine for one month, dealing with real life, notwithstanding that uncertainty, responsibility is going to happen to all of us. Now, a thing that you need to be good in business or a tool or a mindset is the ability to pivot. And that same skill set you need to be using also in order to practice, choose, and be happy and be joyful and be delighted. So when I first started my business, in October 2017, the online business, never had a dedicated brick and mortar. And I was working crazy hours, 12, 14 hours a day. I was not socializing. I was not exercising. My eating habits went to hell. And as a result, my level of happiness, joy went down. And at first I thought, you know, this is because of the business. This is not the business for me. Then I went on vacation and started to take audit of my daily habits, my practices. And I realized that since I had started the business, I took a vacation. This is October of 2017. So for my birthday, February, my mom and I, I took her on this five-star vacation. It was really great. It was for my birthday, but it was also to honor her. And we went to, you know, the Virgin Islands, um, the Bahamas, Barbados. It wasn't a cruise. Like first part of it was a cruise. And then the cruise left us in Barbados and we stayed at Sugar Bay. It was an amazing resort. I think it's called Sugar Bay for four or five days. And it was just an amazing trip. And I had that ability to audit. I audit my life. I stayed up, you know, on the beach very late at night 
writing, journaling, being present with my thoughts. And a little light bulb went off and I realized that there was, my happiness practice was horrible. There was none. Every, I gave everything to the business and there was no balance. I had at that time gone through a really bad breakup, wasn't dating anybody. And I wasn't honoring my physical body, my health. I wasn't honoring my spiritual practices, my religion. I wasn't socializing with the people who are funny, the people who love me. I was not dancing. I love Zumba and I wasn't swimming. I'm in Florida. I love the water. It's medicinal for me. I love, I just love, love the water more than anything in the world. And I hadn't gone to the beach in seven, eight months. I took an audit and it was the way I had chosen to live. The, the imbalance was something that I can control. And I was in default mode. And a lot of you within the sound of my voice, you're in default mode and you're unhappy. So I came out of that vacation. I decided I no longer was going to be in default mode. I started to eat better. I hired a personal trainer. So I was working five days a week at six o'clock in the morning. I started a a certain diet. It was at that time I was vegan and I was just eating whole, like just to love on my body again. I started to date. I put some profiles up. I started to make sure that I had weekly meetings with my friends and my sister and my mom and my brother. I got a puppy, a French bulldog puppy that was like the light of my life. I started to Zumba every day. I started to have a gratitude. And then when I went on my next vacation, which was like four months later, I was taking a vacation once a quarter in 2018. And my mom and I, again, I took her, I think we went to Jamaica this time. can't recall, but don't quote me, but I believe it was Jamaica. And I audit and my happiness level was my contentness, my joy, my delight was just so high. I was so full. I was a new woman. And the truth is that I was intentional about my practice of being happy, about making sure that I analyze the things that make me happy, the people that assist in my happiness. I don't like the term make, but there's things that bring you joy and there's things that, that suck your energy. And I noticed the people, I had several employees at that time that sucked my energy. <laughs> They would not listen. They weren't good tacticians. They were fired. <laughs> then my stress level went down. Um, my French bulldog Esquire, Eshante, she delights me. Just going on the floor and cuddling with her and playing. Oh, my goodness. She's a beautiful soul. Making sure that I was in my Bible, that I was reading the Bible, that I was meditating on the word of God, that I was watering the relationships and people that pour into me, I was just a different woman. And that's when the light bulb went off for me. And I realized that you have to practice it. In that time, life was happening. You know, crappy dates with, you know, guys, family stuff was happening. Actually, I would say more bad things were happening in the period that I started to increase my happiness practice. But I was happy. I was content. I was joyful. I honored myself. I didn't dishonor myself. I was disciplined and intentional. And I was able, I had greater capacity to handle the craziness of being an entrepreneur, the things like that. And things, my business doubled in revenue during that time. I attracted 
my A-team employees. I just was just living life on the highest level. One of my favorite statements or quotes from Oprah Winfrey and was something to the effect of our job in this life is to find out what our true purpose is in life. And once you find out, then you pivot to that. So entrepreneurship, being a husband, being wife, being a dog mom, adopting. For me, making sure I'm in, in nature. For me, listening to my favorite songs. For me, reading the Bible on a daily basis, expressing gratitude. For me, doing random acts of kind, you know, and when I started to do those things, oh, I'm just like, wow. And my ability to do those things was directly related with my self-esteem and my belief. I had to deal with it. Like, you deserve it. I had this self-limiting belief that who are you to have it all? If you're going to have this business and it's going to be successful, you're going to have to suffer in your personal life. Or if you're going to be an entrepreneur, I, had a, I was living in a story of entrepreneurs work 12 hours a day. They don't have personal life. As you do that, you're not going to be successful. Those were lies. Those were things I was choosing to believe. And then when I pivoted, changed those thoughts to, I can have balance. I can build a business that serves me. I can have joy, pleasure, satisfaction every day in my life, no matter what is happening, good, bad, or indifferent. The quality of my life is so much better. It's an amazing quality and it's a self-care thing. It's something that you have to give yourself. And a lot of us looking for this validation from our boss or validation from our Facebook or Instagram, validation from our spouses, no one can do it. You have to validate yourself. And one way you do it is by treating yourself very well and by honoring yourself and by pouring into yourself. And when you treat yourself like that, then you attract business opportunities. You will attract significant others. You would track even animals. <laughs> you know, I had an animal. I had a, a cat when I was in Brooklyn. who was like the cat from hell. <laughs> and my friend's bulldog, she's just pretty much the sweetest, loving, most cuddly thing. I think it's an energy thing, guys. So now we're going to get into tangible stuff, things that I found. Now there's an American philosopher, William James And he has said, the greatest discovery of any generation is that a human being can alter his life by altering his attitude. Now, happiness is when what you say, do, and think align. External things, attachments and external things and external outcomes, such as money, power, and respect, that's the ego. And you can never get happiness from those things. Now, here in the Unicorn Entrepreneur, we love money, but money itself cannot make you happy. Money is a tool that affords you more time, more power, and more ability to pour into your things that you believe, spend time with your family, and to live a higher quality life and to give back, whether that's to your church, whether that's to your community, whether that's to generations, you know, generational wealth, whether that's to set up your children and your children's children. So money is great. We love money. But money in and of itself will not make you happy. There's lots of celebrities who are not happy. The Kanye Wests of the world and lots of other people 
Prince, you know, all of these people who you would think is beautiful, Whitney Houston, um, Michael Jackson, and so on and so forth. They have the money, they have the talent. But if you're not truly happy, then none of that means anything. So I think the real win and all unicorns are truly happy and satisfied and living lives on our own terms. Now, yes, we are bosses and we cut those checks and we have those checks because we want to be able to, you know, invest money into things that we believe in and to take care of our families and maybe to get a Louis Vuitton belt and go on a five-star, you know, vacation. That's okay as well. But that in and of itself, and that's what a lot of people struggle with, isn't going to make you satisfied and happy. You have to really have happy practices. And in order to do so, you have to die to ego. Now, ego is a person's sense of self and self-importance. The research suggests that happiness is a combination of how satisfied you are with your life. For example, finding meaning in work, how good you feel, and the satisfaction you get in your day-to-day activities. Now, you have the ability to control how you feel. I'll say it again. You have the ability to control how you feel. Because how you feel is in direct correlation to what you are thinking. And you don't have to let your thoughts just run away with themselves. When you become into meditation, affirmations, and mindful in general, you'll start to notice what your thoughts are. And the stinky, bad, evil, funky thoughts, we throw away those. We replace them with positive thoughts that serve us. And once you do that, your feelings will change. And then your actions will change. And so on and so forth. So that's very, very important. Now, I'm going to go into seven things that we can do, seven shifts, seven things that we can do to start up-leveling our happiness practice in order to be unicorns, in order to find joy and satisfaction. Because if you've been listening to the podcast, as you level up, there'll be new devils. There'll be new challenges. Those will never go away. And unicorns, we know how to do hard things well, but we also take care of ourselves. And we are intentional about the time we have. The time we have on this earth is so precious, so precious. My dad passed away about four years ago, and he was just this big, vibrant personality, very strong. It was a, it was a heart attack, and none of us saw it coming. He was 63 years young. And, you know, right before then, six months prior to that, my grandpa had passed away from a couple of strokes he had back to back. And it was just my family got hit with premature death after premature sudden death after premature others sudden death. I had an aunt also who passed away in that time suddenly. And my dad has a, my dad's side of family is huge. We have uh, 13 uncles and aunts all together on that side of the family, over 85 first cousins whom I know all of them and, you know, closer to some than others, but we all grew up pretty close for how big we are. So at that time I was 28 to 30 and back to back to back deaths like that, it changes. You realize that life is fragile. It's beautiful. You could be here today and gone tomorrow, not to be morbid, but these are for the people out there that's waiting till the kids turn 18, waiting until they get the tax return, waiting till they lose weight because they don't want anyone to see how thick 
or if luckily they've gotten so they don't want to post on Instagram or whatever the case is. None of that really matters. You are here for a reason. And the saddest thing and the thing that I believe that causes depression, divorce, and just dissatisfaction and unhappiness is when you have certain talents and abilities that you were born for and God made you the exact color of your skin, your hair, your personality, everything. And he puts you on the earth during this time and you have things that you are designed to do and you're dishonoring yourself because you're not doing those things and you're not living life, the life you deserve. And I'm not going for it. Not on my watch. You will live the life you deserve. (laughs) You will have that because we don't know if we have a short time or if we have a long time, but let's make it a quality time. Let's make sure that we make an impact. And that's what the point of this podcast, but let's get into these seven tangible, practical tips and tricks that you can do to be more happy, to be happier. Now, the first one is simple, but it's not easy. (laughs) It's simple, but it's not easy. Be your authentic self. Be your authentic self. I remember in college, I went to Stony Brook University and I was in a group project and I ended up doing most of the work in the group project. I know that is probably something most of you guys have experienced. And there's four of us in the project and there was this one gentleman and he originally is from China and he wasn't doing very well. You know, he was not doing a work across the board in his classes. And he and I became pretty close and I kept on, you know, contacting him for his portion of the project and things like that. One time I called him and he was just like crying and shaking and saying he's going to kill himself. And I, you know, rushed over and I called the suicide line and I, you know, let all the authorities know. And I remember even calling my mom. And when I was speaking with him, what he was saying is that he didn't like his major. (laughs) He didn't really want to be in school. And his family had sacrificed everything to send him to America to, you know, go to school and to become a doctor. But he doesn't want to be a doctor. He was threatening to kill himself because he did not feel like he could be his authentic self and be accepted and be and be loved. And that's oftentimes when people are depressed, maybe you might be homosexual or just maybe you're dishonoring yourself. You're not in the job you want. You're not satisfied in the relationship that you're in. And as a result, you're just depressed. And these things are real. And I was probably 19 when that happened. And I can tell you that that affirmed for me that you always be your authentic self. And that's one thing that I've always done, be who I am. I'm not talking about be unteachable and have a nasty attitude and say, this is just who I am. No, 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 no. I'm saying that whatever your truth is, if you are a talkative person with a big personality, people sometimes try to make you quiet and mousy. Why can't you be more like your sister? Why can't you be more like so-and-so? And And then when you're quiet and mousy, people are like, oh, you're so shy. Why don't you speak up? And some people who don't know who they are will keep on trying to change and meet the different expectations of everyone around them. And they are never authentically who they are. I'm me. I work on me. Now, there's a study that's been out there, no matter who you are, 
10% of people that you come in contact with will not like you. So there's no reason to put yourself into a pretzel. Sometimes people just don't like you and it's all 100% their issue, but you have to be your authentic self and live your authentic truth. Be teachable, but be your authentic self. Be open to fair critique from those who you respect you know, be working on yourself, but be your authentic self. If you're not yourself, then you can never, you're never going to see success. You can't be fake and be successful. So for example, I'm doing this podcast and when I have a team helping me with it and all of that, and I started to listen to lots of different podcasts to figure out what kind of podcast I want to do. And there were some podcasts that just were amazing and great, but they weren't me. And I wasn't going to follow that outline or blueprint because those podcasts were doing really great. I was going to be me because if I fake it, it's not authentic. I won't respect myself. And then you guys would see through that. You have to be yourself. I'll give another example. As a young trial lawyer, when I was working at Legal Aid, I had a very, my trial, my, you know, voir dire, that's when you pick a jury. You know, I have a big, bright bubbly personality and I use a lot of sayings and and that was my style and there were some attorneys who were very like um quiet and death by a hundred paper slices they were very good they were ninja but they were very controlled it was very vanilla but it was very effective anytime I noticed when we were training doing trial training anytime somebody who had more of a big personality was trying to mimic another attorney was quieter and more reserved and that was their style, it didn't work. Similarly, somebody who's more quiet, they were trying to be inauthentic and be big personality and it wouldn't work. And also it was exhausting for that person. So when I was starting out, I had a mentor. He was amazing. He's still amazing. And he got all the like best criminal defense attorney wards in Manhattan that you can think of. And everyone knew he was the GOAT, you know, one of the best to ever do it. And I try to start like copying his swag a little bit and it didn't work. (laughs) It didn't work. I had to be me and you have to be your authentic self. You can't be fake. Anytime you have to be inauthentic, it's going, you're killing yourself internally. And also you're telling yourself and touching and agreeing with this idea that you're not good enough. And that can lead to depression and dissatisfaction. So just be your authentic self. I think that's just, I put that as number one because nothing else matters if you out here faking it in the streets. (laughs) We have to do, we need to go to therapy. We need to do that heavy lifting as to why you don't have high enough self-esteem and love for yourself to be who you are. A little sub point, this is not two. I put this as one A, deep breathing. The sympathetic nervous system, that's the flight or fight And the parasympathetic nervous system, they regulate rest and digest. And studies have shown when you take deep breaths, box breathing, meditation, it brings down that fight or flight. It has shown that people in war and officers actually use this technique of box breathing, Google it, and it helps bring down that anxiety. So breathing, if you ever find yourself to be upset or you're going to be in a high pressure situation. Unicorns, we ha- we handle that. <laughs> we handle high pressure situations. We don't run away from them. 
And that breathing thing, you're going to keep on hearing it throughout all podcasts and all of the goats are going to tell you about it because there's secret sauce there. So if you think it's foo-foo-la, how about you try it for 21 days and then holler at your girl. (laughs) Holler at your girl and keep it and let me know what happened for you. If you know me, you know I'm obsessed with the tools and tricks to help unicorn entrepreneurs level up their businesses. Now to increase revenue, add more zeros to your bank account, it's necessary to create, nurture, and convert the tribe. I've used several email service providers and I've discovered that ConvertKit is the best by far. They're flexible, easy to use, and they have amazing customer service. That's not all. ConvertKit makes it super easy to give out opt-ins or lead magnets. You can also add multiple lead magnets and forms to the same list, which is awesome. ConvertKit also makes it super easy to automate emails to your tribe. Want to sign up and support this podcast? Great. Go to the show description and double click the relevant link. Now back to the show. Number two, service for others. This has to be my favorite. (laughs) Getting your problems out of your mind. You know, thinking about yourself and obsessing. I think we're in this new social media I'm a millennial, I'm an older millennial, but I'm still a millennial. And we are very much way, you know, as a society into ourselves. And it's all about me, me, me and self-care and all of that. And yes, yes, yes. I'm a, I love self-care, I love pleasure. But being preoccupied with ourselves, being too focused on our problems, that can cause just dissatisfaction. A great way to get yourself off of your mind and also just give back is to bless someone else. I was at Starbucks getting my coffee and someone just paid for my coffee. Now there was no one behind me so I couldn't pay it for it. It just was, it delighted me. It was awesome. And I like honked and waved and she waved back and we had like a whole sister girl moment in at the, the Starbucks and my mood was like a little blah and that just put a whole battery in my back and made me feel awesome. And the person who did it, I'm quite sure she felt awesome. And that's just something, that's some awesome, that's a dopamine hit. That is just a good human thing you can do to shift energy. If you find yourself being depressed, if you find yourself just not satisfied, just feeling like you're stuck, you may not feel depressed, Try giving back and do it in a way that works for you. There's so many ways to give back. If it's not your thing to go and, you know, physically give your time, you may just give a service for free to one person. You may, there's many ways you can do it with your wallet. You can mentor a young cousin or somebody in the neighborhood. You can just do it in a way that works for you, but service is just so amazing. And the Bible speaks about it. I'm a, I'm a Christian girl. I'm a God girl. And I just think everything is a service. I look at what I'm doing on this podcast as a service. And as an attorney, I serve. I look at it as someone's going through a horrible time. They're, they're going through a divorce, which is like a death. They're breaking up their family and finances. And usually because some horrible things have happened. And I am walking them, counseling them. Okay. I am ushering them through and it's a service. 
And we all serve, you know, whether you are married and you serve your wife or your husband dinner and or whatever. But do if you find yourself not satisfied, to make that a practice. Maybe once a month, there was a group home I was invited to. It was a group home for young women and men, actually. But I was just with the women who, actually, I should say children, young children who were taken away by DCF. Um, and then they were put in this home and we played soccer and, you know, paint their nails and just talk to them and gave them that just that happened over two or three years ago. I still can pull from that joy and that excitement. So find what works for you and make that a practice, make it a monthly practice or a quarterly. Even in my business, I do a low bono or pro bono case once a quarter. I'll, I'll choose. Now, I don't advocate and just willy nilly not, you know, reducing prices and, you know, getting wrapped into sob stories. But I intentionally choose once a quarter a low bono or pro bono case to service somebody with. And that just helps me feel good. That just helps me to be delighted. Um, and I know God is delighted when I when I'm behaving that way, which also gives me some more feel good delight. This is their one is we all love it, but our minds try to work against us actually doing it. And that is exercise and eating healthy. I just put them together. This helps a lot with mental health. Now you want to do 30 minutes of exercise a day. You want to get sun exposure. This is dopamine. This is like falling in love and having amazing sex and orgasm. You're tapping into all that feel good chemical stuff. That also like doing heroin. I wouldn't suggest you do that. But exercising every day. First of all, we get one body. We're not going to get another body. If something happens to your body, if your heart stops working, your lungs starts working, it's a wrap for you in this realm. (laughs) And I don't know about you, but I feel like I still have a whole bunch of things within me to accomplish before I go home. So you have to honor and respect your body. If you don't honor and respect your body, then it will fail on you prematurely. It's like We have cars, most of us. If you don't put gas in that car, it won't operate. If you don't do a tune-up, an oil change, it may go left. Things may break down mechanically. If you, you know, don't honor it, it can't honor and take care of you. Same thing with your body. Same thing with the plant. In fact, my husband brought me a plant and I just don't have a green thumb and because I love orchids, purple orchids. And he just decided because he thinks he's slick. Now, oh, let me get you a plant because then look, you got a plant. <laughs> Here goes your flowers for the month. And I'm trying everything to keep this plant alive and it's not working. And then I finally Googled and turns out the soil and the pot that it's in and the sun exposure is incorrect. So because it's not being treated the way in which it needs to be treated, it, it's dying, right? So it's the same thing. You have to honor your body. You have to love on yourself if you want this thing. We don't want to get the diabetes. We don't want to get the hypertension, the heart attack. It's prevalent. If you Google the most common causes of death in the United States, number one is heart attack. Number two is cancer. Number three is accident. It's first two, we can circumvent it. A lot of times people, if you have diabetes, you have 80 something percent chance of having a heart attack in your lifetime. Same thing with 
blood pressure. It's been normalized in our society, but it's not good. So you got to take care of your temple. Uh, drink. I drink a gallon of water a day um, now, and it was hard to establish that habit, but I do, and I put a little chia seeds in there, and sometimes I'll cut up a little fruit to, you know, spice it up, and I work out minimally. I'm working out every day right now because I want to lose weight, but some of those days are like active recovery days, so it's like really light, either walking outside or 20 minutes on the Peloton, or I might do some stretching and like quick strength, strength training in the Peloton app. But since I've been doing that, my mood, my body, everything feels better. Everything feels amazing. Everything feels aligned. I'm honoring my body, so it's honoring me back. So that's a huge one. Number four, I've spoken about it before. I will speak about it till the day I am no longer here, okay? Gratitude. You want to have gratitude. You want to also focus and meditate on the things you have to be happy about. We can have shiny new thing syndrome. And, you know, when we have the husband, the puppy, the house, you can think that you prayed for, that can get old. And you can just train your mind to be in a pattern of thinking about what's next, what's next, what's next. That thing, that pattern of thinking doesn't serve you. It makes you unhappy, dissatisfied, maybe depressed. It's very important if you are not happy and respectful and honoring the little, you won't get blessed with more. So a lot of times when sometimes I'm in that funky thought pattern of, oh my God, you know, thinking about the next new shiny thing, I think about, oh my God, all of the things from health to breathing to walking to food in the fridge and Uh, relationships I have and just where I live and my lifestyle and just even sometimes just the littlest thing like, wow, I got up on my own today. Okay. I'm taking breaths. Oh, I'm feeling this beautiful sun on my body. And to focus your mind in the morning with respect to that is just amazing because it sort of sets the tone of the whole day. Also, sometimes when I feel myself going into that funky mood, you have a knot in your stomach and you have this gloom, doom feeling, I will start just starting trotting down things I'm thankful for and shifting that energy. So, so good. And it works. So just be in gratitude. You can't be in gratitude and upset. Can't be in gratitude and angry at the same time. It's just a beautiful thing. Now, number five, let go of anger and resentment. So, you know, turn the other cheek. So people will offend you. People who are not perfect and people do wrong things. Somebody's going to cut you off in traffic. You might get looked over for an assignment at your job. You may be treated unfairly. If external things can alter your mood very easily, then you're going to walk around just upset, angry, this, that, third. If you decide that you're not going to It's okay if you are upset because something wrong happened, but you're not going to build a house and live there and that you're going to bounce back really quickly. So, okay, this wrong thing happened. Boom, address it. And then back to the regular schedule program of being a badass, of being a unicorn, of being happy. Okay, (laughs) let's go back. When I started to get this, like, you know, within the last three years, instead of just like, you know, I always tell folks, don't invite me to your pity party. I'm not going to, you know, something inappropriate happens. I'm wronged. 
uh, you know, the world is wrong. What's happening to black people is wrong. <laughs> okay. The indictment didn't come down against the cops who killed an uh, innocent black person. That's wrong. And I'm upset. Then I decide, okay, how am I going to handle this? Okay, this is how I'm handle. I'm going to write a letter to my senator. I'm going to vote. I'm going to put out this. I'm going to do that. Then I do it and move on. Some people think being angry serves, it's moving the needle. It's changing the thing that's making you upset. I'm here to tell you, sweetheart, it's not. There's some, you have to have an action plan of how you are going to respond. So if someone does something to me and I don't like it, think about it. All right. She did this. He did this. All right. Now this conversation. I'm going to put this kind of action in together. If the behavior doesn't change, I'm going to do this. So you choose what your consequence is and you move on. Okay. You're at a job. You're not being honored. You're being overlooked because you're a woman. You're being overlooked because you're a person of color or just it's just a toxic environment. Start putting your applications out. Move on. Don't stay in a toxic environment for a year. Work yourself up. Get upset and get high blood pressure and diabetes and die prematurely. Don't do that. You know, that's just not cute. Let's keep it cute. And it also just doesn't serve you. So also, you know, some people love to talk about what happened back in 1982 and, you know, the ex-boyfriend that cheated on them in 2003. Let go of stuff, okay? Give yourself a particular amount of time to be upset, to be a hot mess.net, to be whatever and make it a short time. And then we're going to have to put our big girl panties on, handle business, put a bun on, pray, drink water, get on that Peloton bike or walk, whatever, do some push-ups, and be great again. Back to the regularly scheduled program. So that's what has to happen. And just, you know, feel it for a period of time, make a plan, move on. Don't become that person. We all know the angry, bitter, chip on the shoulder person. That's not cute. Now, number six, be mindful, be intentional about habits. 40% of our daily life is comprised of habits. There's a study said. So we're only going to be as happy in at least 40% as our habits are of good quality. So be intentional. So what's that workout habit, that gratitude habit? that letting things go easy habit. So all the things we're talking about, you make them a habit, you make them a practice. And you have, and, and then 40% of your day, you're on default mode, your habits take over. So the quality of your habits have to be ones that serve you and ones that facilitate happiness, contentment, satisfaction, and wholeness and balance. So Take a look at your habit on a you know pen and paper. You don't need a fancy sheet with all the things. I can provide one for you and, and I have it. But sometimes we just need to get to the basics, get a notebook out and really audit your time. What are you doing? And if it's if your life looks like work, come home, eat some sugary hot mess.net, uh, watch Netflix for four hours while in on the internet for two, and you know, arguing and talking about people and not being intentional. And then you wonder why you're upset, angry, better, not where you want to be. If you're like, oh, and then you turn around and tell people the busy lie, which is going to be a different podcast on busy. Yeah, you're busy not being intentional about your life. I came here today to get you all the way together. <laughs> if you haven't noticed, so this is love. This is with love and light. <laughs> this is with love and light. So be mindful, you know, I like to deal with that. 
facts. I'm a logic and practical person. So when people say they're busy, they don't have time or this, that, what are you in fact doing with your time? How much time are you spending on social media? How much time are you on Hulu and all the different things? If you are spending zero time a day investing in your mind, which is your number one asset and pathway to wealth and happiness, then you're doing it wrong. Now you have to look at your habits and then literally create a calendar and start new ones. Like literally put an alarm on your phone. Okay, eight o'clock, five minutes, five bullet points in my notes on my iPhone about things I'm grateful for. Okay, let's, we always like to go for low hanging fruit. Okay, I'm going to start walking for 30 minutes. If that's a lot for you because of health or whatever, walk to the mailbox if you're like older or if you have, you know, start something or I'm gonna walk around the block you know, at four o'clock, put that, hold yourself accountable, have an accountability partner, but examine those habits. When you don't like that, the fruit you're getting, change the action. And then let's re-examine the fruit. And lastly, keep your environment organized and clean. It's been shown that people can't be happy, satisfied, think clearly in nasty environments or crowded environments. Now, I'm not saying you have to have everything nice and pristine. You might have kids, you might have a lot of people in your home, but have it be organized, have everything where it needs to be, have it clean. You're going to feel better. Simple things like making up your bed, folding your laundry, making sure. So you have a cleanliness practice of, you know, for instance, for me, when I wake up in the morning, when, before I go to bed, I tidy up. And I'm not talking about a full clean. I do that X amount of times a week, but I'll tidy up so that when I wake up, the environment I'm coming into is very nice. So I make sure there's no dishes in the sink or in the dishwasher. I make sure the garbage is out, sweep the floors maybe. And it takes like 30, 40 minutes. We're not in a big space right now because building a house. Uh, we're in a, an apartment. It's not that big. But even if it were big, that main area would be clean in the way I want it. And so when I wake up, I'm waking up into a clean environment. It makes me feel good. It makes me feel organized. Makes, when my environment isn't organized and clean, my skin starts to crawl. I start to feel ugh. So, you know, make sure that the home environment is clean so your headspace can be clean and so you can be amazing. So those are the seven um, tips and tools. I hope they serve you. I hope you get something out of this. And thank you for listening to another episode of The Unicorn Entrepreneur. I can't wait to get together with my unicorn friends next week. And until next time, unicorns, let's go get them. Want to be a part of a community of amazing women unicorns crushing it in life and business? then head over to our private Facebook community, The Unicorn Entrepreneur. It's free and fabulous. The benefits are plentiful. Community of forward-thinking women, access to me. And if you're enjoying the conversations we're having here on the podcast, we continue some of those conversations and we deep dive. We look forward to serving you. Let's go get them, unicorns. <laughs>